morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church specifically. Welcome to those who are joining us online. Glad that you're with us. Hope you can stay all the way through to the end. And uh, it's good to be in God's house today. It's good to be here together. We're here to worship him. We're here to give him glory. And I just want to welcome everyone today. It's so good to see you. Um, and I don't know about you, I'm glad to be in church. I'm glad to be in God's house. I'm glad to be in a place where we can worship God together. And we're going to do that in just a little second. Um, things have been adjusted slightly today. Uh, we have a drum kit rather than a, than a cajon. So, uh, so looking forward to that as well. Um, so yeah, let's just really praise God in this place this morning. And let's give it all we've got as we, as we praise him this morning. We're going to pray before we do that. And uh, let's just commit all that we do today to him in prayer today. Father, we just thank you that you're here. Father, we thank you that you are interested in every aspect of our lives. Father, there's nothing that happens that you don't know about. And Father, we just come to just this, how can we begin to describe you, Lord? You're so awesome and so majestic and so uh, magnificent that we can't even begin to find the words to describe how great you are. And Father, we just come this morning, we want to just praise you with our songs but Father, recognize that without you, we can't do anything. Lord, we need you in this, even in this service today. And so, Father, we pray that you would come. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would move amongst us as we worship. Father, that you would inhabit the praises of your people. Holy Spirit, that you would just come and move amongst us and touch us and, uh, and really presence yourself here in this place today. Father, we're looking to you. Uh, and Father, you know the situations that we've come from this week. Father, situations which are ongoing, Lord, things that were ha are happening in our lives, people we're praying for, uh, Lord, we just come and Lord, we just want to recognize that uh, that's part of our week and that's part of where we are just now uh, for many in the church. And Lord, we just, we come though and, and, and we take these moments to worship you, to give you glory because Father, we recognize that no matter what happens in life, you have not changed you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we, we are here to give you praise and glory. And so, Father, we ask that you come and that you would enable us in our praise to worship you with everything that's within us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Let's stand.
been singing this morning remind us of the big picture of why we believe, why, why we're Christians, why we do what we do every day, why we follow Jesus is that he is Lord, that he has risen from the dead. And because he has risen from the dead, we know that there is an eternal hope for us that we too shall rise from the dead. One day we will see Jesus face to face. One day we will be in his presence face to face. We will see the Lord that we serve and confess as Lord. We will see him and we'll be with him forever. I don't know about you, but that reminds me that when we're in the middle of the storm, that we have a bigger picture that we can focus on. Not just what's happening around about us, but there's a bigger picture. We can focus on God who is unchanging. He says he will never change. He also says he will never leave us. In the middle of the storm, he's there. And I want us to just sing this song again, He is Lord. And just remember who he is and that he is right here with us. Today, he is in the middle of your storm. And whatever is causing upset in your life, he is there. And he's there to minister to you today. And, and just receive what you need from him today as we sing this song again. As we confess that he is Lord, let's just reach out to him and touch him. If there are things which you need today, cry out to God for those things today. Bring them before him again today in Jesus' name. Because not just on a Sunday are you, O Lord, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, throughout the week, Father, every moment of every day, you are the Lord. And Father, we just thank you that you've put your Holy Spirit within us that allows us and empowers us to say you are Lord. And Father, regardless of what is happening in our lives, we know that you are there with us, that you are Lord in every situation. Father, even though we don't understand what's happening, and Lord, that happens to us. That happens to us. Sometimes we just don't understand what's happening. We don't understand why we don't see an answer to prayer or an intervention or, or the thing that we're looking for. But Lord, we know that you're there with us and that you never change. That you are Lord. That you are sovereign. That you're sovereign over every situation. Father, help us to focus on you, to fix our eyes on Jesus, to take our eyes off of all the distractions and to fix our eyes on Jesus. 
Father, we just take a moment to pray for those who are in need. Father, many situations which are going on in our church and are around us and in our friends. Father, we pray for Mark and Sharon and, and Faith. And Lord, we just bring them before you. Lord, Mark needs a miracle in his body. Father, we just pray that we would see an intervention, a divine intervention in this situation. Lord, he needs a miracle. And so, Father, we're asking you for a miracle. Lord, we pray for our friend Bob Patterson, who's in the hospital as well just now. Father, just again needing a touch from you. Father, he needs a miracle in his body. And Lord, we just pray that you just breathe miracles over him, Father, that you just breathe into his life, the breath of life. Father, just breathe oxygen into those lungs of his. And Father, we pray for Terry as well. Lord, we just thank you that she's recovered. But Lord, we just pray, keep her strong in all that's going on in their lives. Father, we pray for Sammy. And Lord, again, she just needs a touch in her body from you. Father, Sammy down at Hamilton there in the church. And Lord, we just pray uh, for your hand to be upon her. Lord, she again needs a miracle in her body. Father, she was needing a miracle in her body before she caught COVID. And so, Lord, we just bring her to you and ask for a miracle. And Father, we pray for Jeff today as well. Again, Lord, in the hospital today. And Lord, we just ask that your hand would be upon him. Lord, he needs a miracle. And Father, we just pray that you just meet him where he is. And Father, that you just touch him and that you give him that miracle that he needs. Lord, we pray for Eileen. Lord, we pray for strength over her. Lord, we just pray, breathe strength into her. Whole being, body, soul, and spirit, breathe strength into her. Lord, so many other situations which are going on, Lord, we lift those things to you. Father, we each have our different needs and we come to you with those needs. And Father, we ask that you come and that you just meet us where we need you in those situations and the circumstances. Father, even for people who are online today, uh, maybe not even in the building here, Father, you can do miracles Father, for those who have needs in their bodies today, Father, you can do miracles. Father, you're not limited by space and time. You're not limited by a room. Father, you can do whatever you want. And so, Father, we just pray for those who are online who need a touch, maybe even people who are watching this after it's went out live. Father, we just pray that you just bring a touch into their bodies, that they'd reach out to you in faith today and ask for that thing which they need. Lord, we've, we've brought these things before you. We need these things... Father, we need these answers to prayer. We're not praying for ourselves. We're praying on behalf of others. Um, and so, Lord, we just bring our prayers, our petitions, our requests to you with thanksgiving today. We thank you that you have given us health today to be here, that you've given us breath in our lungs. Father, there's so many things which we've enjoyed today and we've not maybe even thought about them. We've taken them for granted. Father, just things that have been part of our lives today, and we thank you for them. We thank you for each other. Lord, we just pray your blessing on this gathering, whether online or in person. Father, we just pray your blessing. And Father, we pray that you'd open us up to receive what you want to speak into our hearts today. Lord, that we would receive from you the things which we need uh, today. Father, that you, that you would encourage us. And Father, that you would just bless us today. Bless our understanding. Open up our minds and our hearts and spirits to understand more of just what the church is and how you want the church to function and Father help us to remember that we are the church the church isn't the building that we're sitting in we are the church, we are the temple of God, Father we are the one that you live in and so Father we just pray live in us in every increasing measure, in Jesus name we ask so good to see you. Welcome to those who are here in the building for the first time. Spied you coming in. Um, great that you're here. Great to see everyone today and uh, I'm just so blessed by you, by your company, by your fellowship and uh, I just want to do uh, one thing quickly. Um, a number of us support uh, uh, children through compassion and uh, Compassion in Thailand have put together a short video uh, which we're going to show. I'm going to do my track and trace photograph first just to give me a wee second. Uh, hi. <laughs> hi to all those who are making funny faces and I just can't see it in my camera yet. 
uh, or because you get masks on. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm going to show this video. It's just a thank you video from Compassion um, on behalf of the, the children that we support. Um, I think at the moment we sort support about 18 children in one sort of area in Thailand uh, through a project there. And uh, you kind of wonder, what are we doing as a church? What are we doing? How are we making a difference in the world? Well, that's one way that we're making a difference in. So let's just run that wee video, Sophie. Thank you. amazing thing yeah that we're part of and just one of many things that we do uh, as a church that we can all be part of if you don't currently sponsor a child through compassion and you want more information about that just give me a shout and i can put you in touch with the man who can help you uh, don essen who is a good friend of our church um, and he's part of assemblies of god as well and um, he's a, the guy in scotland who deals with compassion so he'll be able to get you plugged in so, um, the other thing that I wanted to say was um, that it's that time of year again. We do have some shoe boxes, uh, and we will pack those shoe boxes and give them to Samaritan's Purse, um, and we will send them off to wherever we don't know yet. Um, so, it's now time to start thinking about that. We do have some shoe boxes, uh, the, the kind of flat packed ones if you're wanting one, um, but we'll say more about that in uh, the next couple of weeks. But I just wanted to highlight start thinking about shoe boxes. You can do that online as well uh, through Samaritan's Purse. Uh, we will email out about all that type of information as well. Okay, okay. Are we okay? Remember, I can't see your smiling face, so 
it's hidden behind a mask. So if you if you can give me big body language, it really encourages me and helps me. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter four, um, verses eleven and twelve. And uh, if you if you've got your Bible. If you've got your online Bible, your electronic device, however you like to do that these days. Used to be the rustle of pages, but I don't think that happens so much now. So Ephesians chapter 4. I'm looking it up in my Bible as well, but it's decided to do funny things today. That's the, the disadvantage of electronic Bibles. Okay. Let's just pray before we, before we read this. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's there to, to lead us, guide us, to give us inspiration, to correct us, to challenge us, to encourage us, to inform us. But ultimately, Father, it's there to point us to you, to who you are. It's there to point us to Jesus because we know that everything in the word is about him and it revolves around him. And so, Father, we pray, help us to see Jesus in the word today. We ask that in his name. Amen. So last week we talked about uh, seven different pictures of the church in Ephesians. Seven just little uh, cameos of, of kind of what the church is that all come together to make that big picture of what church is. Today I want to think a little bit about leadership in the church. So this is what it says in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 and 12. It was he, and it's talking about Jesus, who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. I'll keep reading until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So, it says here that Jesus is the one who gave these leadership gifts in the church. So they're up on the screen if you want to look at them. I've just highlighted them. And he's given leadership into the church for a specific reason. He's given leadership to prepare the church, to prepare God's people for works of service so that we, the people of God, may be built up, the body of Christ may be built up. And I'll not make any more references to Arnold Schwarzenegger after just now, okay? Um, last week, we talked about the church being a family, a new creation, a body, a temple, a mystery, a bride, an army. Today, it's about leadership in the church. You know, church just doesn't happen. Church is always led. From the very outset, church has been led. Jesus was the leader of the church right at the outset. The disciples, that unruly band of guys and girls, were the church right at the start. We read in Acts that there was 120 people gathered in the upper room and the Holy Spirit came on them. We're going to think next week about how the church is empowered. Um, but the Holy Spirit descended upon them and they were equipped to go out and to build the church. Church doesn't just happen, it's always led. And even at the outset, Jesus installed leadership into the church. Those leaders then installed other leaders. And here we are today, 2,000 years later, and church is still functioning, and church is still growing, and church is being challenged severely in other parts of the world. It's been challenged here, but in some parts of the world, the church is facing extreme persecution. And here we are, and we take so many things for granted. We take the peace which we enjoy in this country for granted. We take the fact that we are not being persecuted physically and to some extent in any other way, we're not really being persecuted as such. I think what's happening to the church in this country is that the church is being ignored and marginalized and put to the side and kind of in some ways just kind of just shut up and go away. We're not really interested in what you've got to say. I think that's what's happening in this, church, in this uh, uh, culture, in our culture, in our country. And I think as, as a church, we need to remember that what we have is significant. Um, to quote Bill Hybels, the, the, the local church is the hope of the world. I think somebody added to that by saying that the local church functioning as it should be is the hope of the world. If all we're doing is meeting together and being a cozy little club, then we're not the hope of the world. We need to function as the church. 
And in this passage, there's a bit of debate. I mentioned this once before as to whether a pastor and a teacher are the one role. Okay, so if you read this text, some people are saying, does it really matter? Okay, but to some people it does. And in this text, it's hard to say whether the pastor and the teacher is the one role or not. It, it's not definitive. If you look at the actual language, it's not definitive as to whether it's a pastor, teacher, as in one person, one role, or pastors and a separate role of teacher. What I would do is point us to other areas in Scripture, like 1 Corinthians 12, 28, where Paul refers to different gifts, different ministry people gifts in the church. He refers to apostles, prophets, and teachers. And if you look at the book of Acts, when Luke is talking about the church in Antioch, he refers to uh, people, gift people in the church there at the time, prophets and teachers. And so, although it's not definitive from that verse, I would say that there are some people in the church who are gifted to teach gifted to teach the Bible and instruct others, um, but I want to suggest that all of those roles, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, all need to be able to teach the Word of God. And there's a sense of which, you know, is it five-fold ministry? Is it four-fold ministry? Is it four-and-a-half-fold ministry? Well, you can make your own mind up, but the, the end result of, of these ministries is that the body is built up, and we all need to uh, be able to teach uh, the word of God to other people. And God raises up leaders in the church to do that. One of the things that I am called to be is, is to be a pastor. So number four on the list, pastor or a shepherd. We'll come to these roles in a little minute. But at the end of the day, what I think we need to grasp from these roles is that the church needs leadership. We, the body of Christ, you know, the family of God, the temple of God, the bride of Christ, whatever, picture you want to use, there needs to be leadership in the church. And uh, can I just say for the last 18 months, leadership in church has been a real challenge for leaders right across the church. I know that because I've listened to what other people are saying. I've listened to the challenges which other people are facing, and leadership has been a challenge. But what I want to say is, if you aspire to being a leader in church, then you aspire to uh, a really important thing. And there are two crucial and critical elements. The first one is character, and the second one is calling. If you aspire to a leadership in church, that you need to be a person of good character, and you need to have a sense of the call of God on your life into that role. And that's not necessarily something that's clear-cut and easy to see. Sometimes that happens over the process of time. Character and calling trump gift, talent, charisma, and draw natural leadership ability because God is concerned about the heart. If you can imagine a leader in a church, and the, the more important and influential the leader, the bigger the challenge in one sense, because we know that even, even recently there have been church leaders who have uh, tripped up, who have sinned, and who've fallen short of the glory of God, as we all do, and they have had to stand down from leadership in the church, because somewhere along the line there was a little character issue that was allowed to grow. Character is so important. Without calling, it's so easy to give up. But when you have the call of God in your life, when God is leading you into something, that's what keeps you in leadership. And so we need to re recognize that the gifts of Christ to the church, we need these gifts of Christ to the church in order for the church to grow. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, we need these gifts in the church in order for the church to grow, and we need them all in order for the church to grow, not just the pastor. Good and well having a pastor in a church, but you need the evangelist. You need the prophet. We need these different gifts coming into the church, and we do try to bring these gifts into the church. Now, I want to just think very, very briefly about these different areas of gifting. The first one is apostle. Who is the most important apostle, do you think? Any? Paul, any advance in Paul? I'm sure I heard something from over here. Jesus, yes, top of the class. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, refers to Jesus as the apostle. Paul, when he's writing, he talks about, I am an apostle to the Gentiles, but Jesus is the only one where he's referred to as the apostle, the chief 
apostle. And an apostle is a delegate, a messenger, somebody sent out with instructions or orders, and there's an implication that they carry the weight of authority of the one who's sending them. So Jesus sends apostles into the church, and we could all benefit from having that apostolic oversight in the church. The second one is the prophet, somebody who foretells, somebody who talks about what's going to happen, who speaks by divine inspiration. And Jesus refers to himself as being the prophet without honor. He went to his own town and nobody had any faith that he would do it. It's just like, oh, it's just Jesus. That's Mary's laddie, you know. It's like, what can he do, you know? And there's a sense in which you can become over-familiar with your leader. (laughs) I'm saying that kind of tongue-in-cheek. Jesus was a prophet without honor because he went to his own and his own didn't receive him. He could go other places and he could speak into people's lives and perform miracles because they had the faith to believe in him. The third thing is the evangelist, and Jesus was the one who brought good news, if you'll know. An evangelist is a, somebody who brings the good news of the gospel to people. And I don't know why it is, but I could preach the same message as an evangelist, and they would see hundreds of people respond, and I would go, I thought that was quite a good message. Why is nobody responding to that? Because God has gifted the evangelist specifically for that role, and part of their role is to equip the church to be evangelists, to do the work of an evangelist. Number four is the pastor. In essence, uh, the word is shepherd, somebody who shepherds the sheep. Um, And Jesus was the shepherd. If you read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, he's referred to as the shepherd. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4, he's referred to as the chief shepherd. So he's the one who we're ultimately all accountable to. And he's the one who the pastors, the shepherds, are ultimately accountable to. There's a tremendous responsibility in leaders because there's a tremendous accountability comes with it as well. To be teaching the right things, to be encouraging people in the right way, there's a tremendous responsibility. And to get a picture of the shepherd, I'm particularly interested in that because that's what I am called to do. Um, The role of a shepherd is described by what Israel's leaders were not doing. If you read Ezekiel chapter 34, and in verse 4, it says that you have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. That was the critique of the prophet speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the people of Israel at that time. This is what he was saying about Israel's leaders, Israel's shepherds, the people who should have been leading the people closer to God, but it says that they, they didn't strengthen the weak. They didn't heal the sick. They didn't bind up the injured, and they didn't bring back the strays, and they didn't search for the lost. And as I read that, I find that really challenging because it says to me that the pastor's job, the shepherd's job in looking after the sheep is to strengthen the weak to heal the sick, to bring back the strays, to search for the lost, and do all these things to bind up the injured. And you'll notice that people who are pastoral by nature, that's what they do. They get around side, alongside people and around people and try to encourage them and pray for them and help them and maybe share a scripture to encourage them on their way. The challenge is when the sheep don't want the help that the shepherd can bring. It's one thing to go looking for the strays and to bring back the lost. But when the strays and lost don't want to come back, it's quite difficult and it's quite challenging for a shepherd. It's challenging for church leaders right now. Let me just say this really clearly. It's challenging for church leaders across the board right now. I'm not talking about this church but I am talking about this church as well, right across the board there's a challenge because sometimes you don't know where the sheep are. Sometimes you don't know what's happening in the sheep's lives because we're just not there together as we normally would be. And some people at this point in time are leaving churches and going to other churches and that's quite difficult for a shepherd when somebody who's been part of your church ups and leaves and goes somewhere else. I'm being totally, brutally honest here, folks. It's really challenging. It's challenging for church leaders 
when people don't want to be part of the church that you're trying to lead. It's his church at the end of the day, but God has set us in families. He's set the lonely in families. He's established the local church as an expression of his kingdom on the earth for this area. And so I've spent quite a lot of time talking about that particular role because most of the time, the church here and most churches are led by pastors, shepherds. And so it's quite a challenging job. The, the, the fifth thing is the instructor, the teacher, person who teaches concerning the things of God and the duties that we have as people to follow those things. I teach quite a lot about how we should live our lives. I emphasize that quite a lot because I think it's really important how we live our lives as Christians makes the difference between whether some people will choose to follow Jesus or not follow Jesus. They'll say, well, if that's what a Christian is, I'm not interested. See, we as Christians should be really, really different from the people that we live around because we should be marked by, what is it John says? That everybody will know that we are his disciples by the fact that we have love one for another. Love one for another. It's what makes us different. And so these things are really important. There are two slots in my jigsaw puzzle left, and I'm going to fill them in. There are other leadership roles in the church, the elder and the deacon, and I'm going to come back to those uh, maybe at a different time. But if we want to find out about elders, we read about Paul's instructions to Titus in chapter 1, verse 5 and 9, or to Timothy in chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. If we want to read about deacons, we can find that out in 1 Timothy 3, 8 to 13. But they're all appointed to the task. And this is what we do in this church. We appoint elders, we appoint deacons, we appoint people to positions of ministry. And we work together, hopefully as a team, in order to get the job done. Deacons tend to be more specific. So it might be a specific area of ministry or a particular group or whatever it is. The elders need to have an overview of the whole big picture. And at the end of the day, none of us are born as apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, elders, deacons. We're not born that way. We, at some point, became a Christian, and we began to seek God, and God started seeking us, and we started to change. And along the line, God started to call some people into different areas of ministry. You see, we don't just become the person overnight that God wants us to be. I wish that that were true. I just wish that all the things that I'm battling with could just be changed overnight. But they don't change overnight. And do you find frustration sometimes with who you are? Am I the only person? Do you get frustrated with yourself sometimes and say, I wish I was a bit more, or I wish I was a bit like, or I wish I didn't think that or do... Do you feel that as well? I'm looking for nods because surely it's not just me. We don't become the finished article overnight. We grow into the things that God has for us. Let me read a verse from Colossians chapter 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. We talked about that and we sung about that in our songs. We have been raised with Christ as well. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. If Christ is your life, then your life should be Christ's. Get what I'm saying here. And this isn't just applying to leaders. This applies to every single person in church from the youngest to the oldest. If Christ is your life, if you have invited Christ into your life, the Holy Spirit lives within you, and he is the one who's empowering you to live this Christian life, then your life should be Christ's. He should take first place in your life at all points of time. We live on a planet called Earth, which currently revolves around this big star called the sun. But if you look at it, you would think that the sun revolves around us, wouldn't you? And I'm going to show you a little illustration of that. The sun going down. It looks like the sun's moving, 
But in actual fact, we're the ones that are moving. The earth is spinning on its axis 24 uh, hours to, to, to make one full cycle and 365 days to make one whole orbit round the sun. And there's a danger sometimes that we can think that God revolves around us, that God revolves around my life, but actually it's our lives that should revolve around him. And I, I get this. I get this as a pastor when I sit with people, when I pray with people, when I listen to the things that are upsetting people and you're struggling with, and I want to see a breakthrough for you in that as well, and I'm praying for a breakthrough. But there's a danger sometimes that we think that God is revolving around our situation and our problem, like he's orbit. And, and let me say this so clearly, God has said that he will never leave us, never forsake us. He's with us in every situation but our lives still need to revolve around him. Who he is, his eternal qualities, his eternal nature, the fact that he is a God of love, that he's a God of justice, a God of mercy. He's also a God who wants to see things done right. And so if Christ is your life, then your life should be Christ's. And I think about the qualities that I see in people who are becoming leaders who are in that process of becoming leaders and I'm almost finished the people who are becoming leaders are hungry for the word of God are you hungry for the word of God do you believe that the word of God is in actual fact the word of God true in all its entirety and that when there are things in the word of God that we don't understand we have to search for answers and usually we search for answers by looking at other parts of Scripture and saying, what is the big picture here? And what is this difficulty fitting into? So that we can begin to answer these questions. Aspiring leaders are hungry for the Word of God. They're hungry to apply God's Word in their lives. They're hungry for righteousness and speak, uh, sorry, and seek to live holy lives. Are we hungry for righteousness? At one of the biggest transition points in my life, when I came out of industry into working for a charity, God spoke to me and he said, on multiple occasions, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you, Matthew 6, 33. So clearly, and it was part of the process of leading me out of industry into working for a Christian charity at that point in time. Seeking to live righteously. Is anybody in here the perfect article? Is anybody in here perfect? Like, you're not work in progress anymore. You are perfect. Okay. Anybody online perfect? We can think sometimes that we're perfect, but in actual fact, we're all a work in progress. But nevertheless, our desire and our direction should be to live holy lives as somebody said, we don't, we're not sinless, but we sin less. The fourth thing in leaders, potential leaders, emerging leaders, is that they pray specific prayers, not only for themselves, but for others. They learn lessons about God's guidance in their lives through personal experiences. And lastly, they listen to what God is saying and put it into practice without necessarily thoughts about leadership, position, or title. And I've been round the block a wee bit with some of these things in my journey to getting to where I am today. And my journey isn't finished. I started off life doing all these things without getting paid for it. At this point in time, I get paid for it. But there'll come a point in time where I'll stop getting paid to do what I do. I'll be back to where I started. And I'll be wanting to seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and I won't be getting paid for it. Just as many of my friends uh, are doing right now and not getting paid for it. But these are the qualities which mark out potential leaders in the church. And if we're giving ourselves to those things, perhaps in the midst of that, that we, we hear this little voice of God calling us and saying, I want you to think about this particular area of ministry or that particular area of ministry. It may be working with kids, youth, adults, the food bank, answer. It could be all sorts of things. And we hear the voice of God calling us. 
the last thing, and I'm almost finished, is that we need to have an accountability to leadership. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7 says this, obey your spiritual leaders and submit to their authority, for they are keeping watch over you, uh, watch over your souls, and continually guarding your spiritual welfare, welfare as those who give account. We give an account of our stewardship in leading. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would not be of benefit to you. Obey your leaders. Do you think it's a funny thing, the leader of the church saying, obey your leaders? Sorry, it does sound a bit strange. Usually somebody else preaches these messages. But at the end of the day, if we're going to think about the church and we need to recognize the church needs to be led, it doesn't just happen, then leaders are there, they're there under God's appointment to lead and we should obey our leaders because the leaders give an account. And so when the leader goes after the strays and the lost and said, you need to come back in, we are accountable for that at the end of the day. We're accountable for what we teach and what we preach and therefore we need to take it seriously and we do. Why am I talking about this? Because the leader's job, and I'm almost finished, is, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12, uh, that he did this, Jesus is saying he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people for works of service, that is the ministry, to build up the body of Christ, which is the church. I'm going to put that up on a slide. Hopefully it comes up on this slide. And uh, that's it in the amplified version. We're, we're here to equip the church to do what it needs to do. That perfecting, that preparing, that equipping, making the church function the way it should. We're there to equip the people of God, the saints. For what? For their spiritually empowered service, guided by faith. And there's a, a sense in which, if you look at that word service, the word that it's linked into is the same word as the word for deacon. A deacon is somebody who serves. If you want an example of that, look into Acts 6, I think it is, where seven people are appointed to do a specific task, and they would be referred to as deacons. Stephen was one of them, one of the first Christian martyrs. Um, and they're there for a specific task. But what this is saying, and this is what I want us to really try and get a hold of, is that each one of us has an area of service. We each have an area of service. And we need to find that area of service and get involved for the building up of the body of Christ. We are the church. We are God's plan A. Sometimes I wonder if God maybe couldn't have had a better plan than working through us, mere mortals, mere fallen human beings who are making mistakes at times and getting it wrong at times and getting it right at times as well, hopefully. But ultimately, we, the church, are here to glorify God. The evangelist brings new people into the church. The teachers grow the new people in the church. And there's a sense in which uh, we as a church need to grasp, the, grasp hold of this middle word service, works of service for building up the body. Because for many years now, and this is the conclusion of what I want to say, for many years now, um, I have been doing a lot of work in the church um, since I came on staff in the church, I have worked and worked and worked and worked. And even when Andrew uh, moved away, I continued to work. I continued to try and do what I had been doing as well as absorb Andrew's role into my role. And that has been a massive, massive challenge. If we're going to grow as a church and if we're going to move on to the things that God has said, if we're going to see the fulfillment of the prophetic words that which God has spoken over this church, then I need to work less, hear what I'm saying, in terms of the actual doing of ministry. And when I think about what I was doing before that, and I've spoken about this before in the life of the church, and I'm being totally honest with you and transparent, there were ways that I was working and there was a busyness attached to what I was doing that was stopping me from doing the 
the important work, which is actually being a pastor and being part of that group of people who are here to equip the church to work and to do ministry. And I want to share more about that in the weeks and months to come, about how we can be involved in ministry, how each one of us can be involved in ministry, in different ways we can be involved in ministry. I need to spend more time developing the leaders and the potential future leaders in the church. That's what God has been saying to me, and that's one of the things that is going to change. And when things change, we feel the discomfort of change. I feel the the discomfort of change. Other people feel the discomfort of change when it happens. But that's one of the things that needs to change, is that I need to spend more time developing leaders and developing leadership capacity in the church, because... We have a world which needs the church more than ever. We live in a community, we're surrounded by other communities which needs the church to be functioning as Jesus intended. And so we need to build leadership capacity in the church. I'm sharing this with the church. I'm sharing this with the church online as well. That's, that's where I'm at. And that's where things need to change in order for us to progress into the things which God has for us. And I'm so grateful to everyone who serves, everyone who leads all the things that that people do. And I want to talk more about this subject uh, with you in the weeks to come. Um, But today I just wanted to focus on leadership in the church and why it's there. It's there to equip you to be the best you that you can be. It's not just about what happens in this building. It's what happens when you go into your workplace. Do you feel equipped to go into the workplace and to be the best you in the workplace that you can be? Do you feel challenged sometimes? I hope so. But we're here to make a difference in this world. And that's what I pray. And I pray that God fulfills his word for this church. God has spoken into this church over many years. And we need to move into those things which God has said. More to come on that uh, in the weeks to come. Let's just bow our heads in prayer as we finish off uh, today. Father, we thank you for the church. We thank you that we are your plan A. Father, that we are the body of Christ, of which he is the head, and we recognize that he is the command center. He is the one who, uh, who controls everything. And Father, we just submit ourselves to you today. We submit ourselves to Jesus Christ, our Lord, our head, the head of the church. And Father, I'm, I know that everyone who leads anything in this church would be submitted to him and to your authority. And so, Father, we pray that you would lead us into all that you have for us as a church. Father, than the changes that we need to make in relation to leadership in the church, Lord, we pray that you would speak very clearly and that you would move uh, very powerfully so that you would raise up leaders who will take the, the ministry out into the people who need to hear it. Father, we need the evangelists in the church. We need people who are willing to, to reach out to the lost and to bring them in, and Father, to see them come to know you. Father, we do pray for evangelists in our church. We pray for the, the rising of the prophetic in our church. Lord, we, we spent some time over the Wednesday nights looking at the, the gift of prophecy in the office of the prophet. Father, we need the, the apostle, and Father, we need the teacher, and Father, we need all these gifts flowing together in our fellowship. And so, Lord, we pray, continue to lead us and give us wisdom in these things. And Lord, we just pray that you'd help us to find our place in the body, our place to serve. And uh, Lord, we just pray, lead us and guide us in that and speak very clearly to us. Lord, we pray, help us as we do these things. Lead us into this week, Father, and all the challenges that it has. Lord, we know there's so much going on in people's lives. And Lord, we'll continue to lean into all that you have for us. Lead into those situations and find you, find your presence in the middle of those situations. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd strengthen each one. Lord, this has been a very different word to bring today. Lord, a word for the church, a word for the church here. Uh, And Lord, we just pray, help us to really ponder on what you've been saying uh, to us today. And may we just take that and digest it and mull it over. And Father, we pray that you give us understanding. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. Have a great week, and as always, if you want to chat about anything, you know where we are, just give us a shout.